I am really honoured today to have a female bricklayer and ambassador for Princess Trust, Katie Smith, join me today. Katie, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And Katie's travelled all the way from Leicestershire, is that right? <laughs> yeah. Down on the hot train. <laughs> yeah, and you don't um, particularly like London very much, do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It's, it's too busy and crime-ridden. So. Yeah. And that's something we'll talk about later. Crime is, is something that uh, you're very passionate about, not the committing of crime, obviously. <laughs> no. Uh, but reducing crime. So, yeah, talk to us, Katie, about being a female bricklayer. And I must say, you've got really nice hands. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, they're probably not going to be that nice for very much longer. Um, it's good. It's challenging. It's rewarding. It's good in the summer because you get a good tan. It's hard because of the guys. But... If we can get more females into it, I think we can knock them down a peg or two and earn a place back. So, Yeah, and what is it particularly about... Um, well, first of all, we'll get back to the guys on site, but what was it particularly that drew you to construction and then bricklaying? Um, I've always been in and out of school and in and out of education and work, and I sat down with Emma Southern, who I worked with at the Prince's Trust, and we went through a list of um, jobs that work well with ADHD, and we looked into construction and I'd done a course for like three days and that was it. I just took it from there and just made sure that somebody gave me a job in it. Because yeah, you can't stop. sit still, can you? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> and yeah, even now I can see you've just got so much energy. It's, it's quite annoying. <laughs> so you like that whole really energetic side of construction. Yeah. You don't have to sit still and you can just keep constantly going and leave your work at on the start of the down to take it home. Yeah, and that's an interesting point that other people in construction have said is they love that thing that you switch off and you go home and then it's your time after. Yeah, that's why I wouldn't do site management because even when you do that, you've got to go home and still think about if you're going to hit the budget the next um, call for that. I'll just do my bricks and go home. Yeah, and you qualified last August, I believe. Yeah, I think that's after the college messed everything up, which is okay because it's on LinkedIn anyway. Um... There was a delay in it, but we all qualified and end of last September went on to level three, but I didn't stick level three because I don't need it. You don't need it, yes. <laughs> Once you've got your level two, then you're qualified yeah. to work on site. Yeah, level three is more for site management and quantity of stocking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I'm back to the guys on site. Um, how do you find working with teams of men? Are there ever any other women on your sites? Um, maybe like a, a female quantity surveyor or a banks lady will come out and look at the builds but I've not seen a female bricklayer far from one at college and I've not seen her since I've seen one female joiner and a painter and decorator but I'd say probably 75% of the guys are alright but then 25% of them they're obviously still in the old fashioned world or they need to alter the ego that yeah. women are going to come up and we are probably going to be a little bit better than them because we take our time in presentation. So you think that the quality from a female bricklayer well from yourself is uh, better? Uh, oh, I know that's what you're <laughs> yeah. Sorry everyone but maybe yes. Um, I think the example comes because somebody tags me in work that's bad and then they say well Katie Smith can do this or Katie what do you think about this and I think Having that come to me from the males in construction surely goes to show that I'm doing something right and it doesn't need to go to your head that I'm a female. I'm not there to outdo you. I'm not there to 
to be make you look silly. I'm just there to do my job, and you've just got to accept it. Yeah, because actually there shouldn't really be a difference, should no. there? Whether you're male or female on site, it's who gets the job done at the quality required. Yeah, they say that women are supposed to be in the kitchen, but if you look at some of the most successful chefs, the men. Mm. So why is it any different to that? Mm. He's still in a kitchen. That's right. So that's what I like to say. Even hairdressers, she's supposed to be a hairdresser, but even guys, some of them are top of the ranks and mm. the men. So that's right stereotypes and how we've been brought up to believe that that's how it's supposed to be and it's almost a shame that we're having to have the conversation around gender really isn't it yeah it is in the 21st century yeah it is. it's unusual when we think about that and yet it's working well for you as well yeah yeah it's we just need to get more on now so then you can actually see it's not everybody sees it as an abnormal thing like, oh god there's a woman what's she doing on site it's just it's not a shock it's just that's how it is. It's more exposed now and needs to be more accepted. Are there female toilets on site now? Yes. There are. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's only one thing that they're slacking is the hygienic sanitary wear. So you've got yes. your, your toilet, but yeah. you've got nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, where do you put it? You don't want to put it in your work bag with your lunch or in your pocket. No, exactly. And if you're the only female on site and it's seen, then they're going to know it's yours and you're not going to live it down. That's just how it is. So that needs to be improved a little bit if anybody would like to do that. Yeah, well, that shouldn't be a hard thing for a site manager just to put sanitation uh, bin in a toilet, really. It's more the cost, though, isn't it? If they have to pay for somebody to come out and redo it, Uh, are they going to want to have to fork out of the pocket? Probably not. No. no, we could just put it in a bag, how they see yeah. it. Because I think it's, we make up like between 2 to, I think 2% of the females are actually on the trade and then 9% of women in construction don't actually work on the job. So you can provide them for the women in the office, but why can't you provide them for the women outside? We're not mm-hmm. any different, we've just got a hard hat boots on. Yeah, and I thought it was a great achievement just getting female toilets inside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's so much yeah. more, isn't there? Mm. And so... Uh, with with being a female bricklayer, and I'm sorry to come back to gender again, but it is it's in, it's intriguing, and it's what drew me to you at first. Is here you were talking about being on the tours, and uh, it it's clearly intrigued a lot of people because you've grown your your LinkedIn by what six thousand people in the last six months. Yeah, yeah. I put a video up, and I think because of my video, a lot more people was intrigued to see what it was that I did and what what I, my mission was really to kind of. The, um, it seems to be working somehow. Well, that's how I found you, is that video that you put up. Oh, my Women in Construction one, yeah. Yeah, that, it was a brilliant video. And if you haven't seen it, go and check out Katie Smith on LinkedIn and, and go back through her posts and you'll see that video. It's, it's really moving and it just shows you're really passionate about this. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just because I've had quite a bit of grief coming through the trade it's now just my mission to make sure that anybody's gave any grief I will stay in this and I will bring more women into it just because to prove to you now your grief will not stop us yeah and can you go into detail about the type of grief that you've had um you don't have to name names or anything (laughs) can't name names I'll just finish forever (laughs) but um just not accepting me like not thinking like the old alpha male attitude and you can't do this and you can't do that and let's pay if you slow and is, is 
you bit work and you go, but we, we go slow because we want the work to be nice. And then just some real bad attitudes towards women. That's all I can really put it down to. It's just, I see it as intimidation because we're good at something that you're supposed to be the best at. And then we're coming out and I won apprentice of the year last year against another guy. Do you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. you need to just accept it and not give the grief because you look more of a woman than we do when you're giving us grief. So. Yeah, and I'd like to point out that it might be really easy for people to say, yeah, well, you want apprentice of the year against a guy because you're a woman. And actually, I don't believe that to be the case at all. I'm sitting here with goosebumps because I have never before sat with a bricklayer who's as passionate about their trade as Katie is. And that, that has to count for something in these awards. It really does. Uh, your, your passion and, and uh, excitement for it is, is really uh, contagious. And so you won this award, and who was that through? That was for On the Tools, On the Tools Apprentice of the Year last year. This year I've gone for Britlayer of the Year. So we'll see. see oh, wow, well, when do you find out? I think the shortlist comes out next month. There's been a couple of people that have put me in for it. But it'd be good to come back and get it. It was just a bit like, ha. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Girl power. And then you also won an award by Princess Trust. Yeah, Regional Achiever of the Year Award. That's because turning life around, because in regards to the pride and all that, not that I've got on the record, but I grew up in social services care and I didn't go to school. So to then turn it around and be where I am today, that's what I got the award for, mm-hmm. really. That's incredible, Katie. So, yeah, uh, look, I can't even imagine to uh, what you've been through, but to turn yourself around and, and be like this is, is phenomenal. So, you, but you, you mentioned right at the beginning you've worked very closely with Princess Trust yeah. to help you get into your yeah, trade. Yeah, yeah, they're amazing. They are such an amazing support network for any young people out there that don't, I suppose, have like a support network or a family around them. They become your family mm-hmm. and they don't let you fall off track, no way. So that's cool. Grateful for them. And you're now an ambassador for them. Yeah, yeah. And Dickie's workwear ambassador as well. Do the female spokeswoman to try and get more women in. Mm-hmm. And what do they do, Dickies? Um, they do workwear for all females, um, males as well. Bit of women's workwear. Yeah, I've seen so. you put them on. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, Katie's very slight, very petite, and just muscular and petite. And I've seen the posts she's put on LinkedIn of some of the men's workwear, and it just, you could wrap it around it twice. I have to do my belt up and then it goes fold the waist in. So now I just wear my own clothes, just cut them down. And you're actually, and this has inspired you to start your own clothing range. Yeah, I'm going to call just designers at the minute to bring out um, clothing range for the more petite women on site because I think they all think that. Built like a hell of a Russian weightlifter, and we're not like there's quite a few of us that are quite small. And the style of clothing that is out there for women is just we still like would like to look a little bit nice on site. And your trousers are just way too baggy, or your t shirts are baggy, which then if you bend over, you they gape, yeah, yeah. So I'm like worried, but I just think it needs to be more appropriate for the women on site. Wow, and so who are you working with on that? Myself. Just yourself? Yeah. You haven't thought about teaming up with any workwear providers? I've asked a couple. I've asked... I can't really say the names yeah. in here, but I've asked a couple to come in with me, but I think the delayed response has kind of made me think, oh, go in there. Okay. Well, let's see what we can do. Let's throw it out there and see if there's anyone, any workwear 
labels who uh, would love to partner with KD because my goodness, what an what an ambassador for the brand. I know just recently I had to do a uh, I was on site to do a, a video, and it, the sales office gave me the the clothing to wear and the boots, and they were ginormous. And I put these things on. I put the boots on that were about size forty two. <laughs> And they said, oh, yeah, they're the smallest you've ever got. And I went, this is unsafe. You want me yeah. to go on a building site in stuff that's just too big for me? It's not safe. I'm wearing my own clothes. And I went, no, you have to wear the PPE. I went, it's not safe. Yeah. I will go home and get my own steel caps and bring them on site. Yeah. But that was for people doing sales viewings. Yeah. So it, it, if you're working there, then it's even more important that your clothing and equipment is yeah. safe. Yeah, even in eight hours a day as well, you want to be comfortable. And you have to last... Yeah, quality, sustainable, and comfort. That's what you want in your women's workwear. Not just anything that you can just shove on and go out. Cause it, is a, it is a tough world and you don't want to expose yourself too much. No, <laughs> so, exactly. Or go through flies. <laughs> yeah, everything. <laughs> yeah. Mesh fest, whatever. <laughs> exactly. So that's just one of the things that you're working on now is this clothing range. So let's see if we can get some exposure uh, for a, perhaps a collaboration on that but you're also uh, interested in a, a new enterprise uh, for reducing crime yeah reducing crime on site for people who have got a criminal background talk me through that for the youngsters on the streets or first time offenders if we can open a project where they come in and learn construction instead of learning how to sorry to say this stab someone or how to get into a gang Instead of getting in one of them gangs, bring them in one of our gangs. Like you can earn a lot more doing this than you can do doing that. And this is what I'm trying to tell my, my friend's little boy at the minute, who is so obsessed by the word roadman. And he's they earn so much less than no mate. He's 10, so obviously been watching YouTube. And I was like, the thing is, what they earn, they can't spend it. What's a roadman? It's something that they do. I, I shouldn't know this because it's really chappy, but it's like a drill video. So they. All the kids are watching it at the minute and it's all guys in balaclavas rapping about drugs and money and obviously when a young person sees that and they see all these kids with all this money, mm-hmm. that's what they're impressed by. Yeah. But if you can get them to notice that you can do this, still do right and still earn a lot of money when you come out the other side of it, you don't have to do that, you can do this. Yeah, this is something that is really close to my heart because my youngest, the youngest of my three brothers, served time twice. Once uh, as a as an adolescent, and then the other as an adult, and that was for petty crime. And honestly, it was because he saw he saw this as a quick way of making money yeah. and got in with the wrong crowd, and he felt hopeless. And it was construction that got him through this, and he now runs his own construction yeah, company, or a company doing insulation. That's amazing. And so I really can see what you're doing and why this why this will help. So what steps are you taking at the moment to get this off the ground? Well, I wrote what I call a business plan. I had somebody look over it and he was really impressed with what I'd put down. Um, also, I grew up in, well, from the age of 11 upwards, I grew up in social services care. So I've got a really good support network of social workers who understand how to work with the children. So I've got that team kind of up and running. And just now I need to find a location for it with a workhouse on the side so I can do the school at one side, workhouse at the other and bring everybody in so we can all stay together as well, no one's separated. 
Because it's that togetherness that yeah. must have helped you when you're in, in social care to feel that bond with the other kids yeah. who are going through it. Even now at 30, I miss it. I miss living in a big house with so many people. I mean, I live with my friend because I've had to take a step back to be able to go and buy a house because I can't do what I rent in. And it's just a sense of everybody being at home and it's just so lovely. And if they could just make a family for them all together and make a project and then give them a future, I don't see why we can't just get the funding for it because with crime rising so highly, if you can take them off the streets and put them into this, then hopefully the qualifications can rise a bit more. Yeah, exactly. And we are going to suffer a skills shortage, especially as uh, the, as we leave the EU and yeah. a lot of the the workers that we were relying on can't come to the UK anymore. So surely we need to train more Brits to fill these positions. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, isn't it? We've we've let a lot slip with Brexit as well. A lot of people are going into worrying mode. And just do what we need to, really. Right, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But you can't worry about it. Like, you can't... Spend your life worrying about what everybody else is going to do. You've just got to concentrate on you and it affects you, it affects you. But we need to take the kids off the street, not. Oh, I can't say yeah, that. yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's right. We need somewhere. They're going to fall down the wayside, and yeah. if we don't create somewhere for there to go, for them to go, then they are going to. It's like a safety net before yeah. they fall into the hole, and you don't want them in it because there's so many vulnerable children, or even young adults, that are not happy at home, they're not getting what they need at home, and that's not a bad dig at any parent, but then because they're going out into a gap and they're feeling like it's their family, exactly, and they're being like led on by it and influenced by it, and then when the gang are done with them, they're then left, so yeah. what, what do you do there? So it's all about creating a community that is a substitute for that gang. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm writing that down because that everyone wants to be part of a community, whether they want to be an individual or not you can still be an individual as part of a community yeah. so it's about creating a safe community and environment for them hopefully we can do that it's, it needs to be done because yeah. there's too many children losing the lives now daytime the news and there's another one gone I know the knife crime's just shocking mm. isn't it it's awful that the weekend wasn't and there was two and then that it's only like a 16 year old boy now or something 19 he's now been charged for like three different attacks and a girl in a park like yeah. when's it going to start no, exactly. Let's turn this back around to more positive things. Yeah. <laughs> so, listen, what is what's next for Katie? Because I I know you've got a really bright future ahead of you within as a spokesperson for this industry, and not just as a female bricklayer, but also for the industry as a whole. So, what is next for you? Um, I don't really know. I just make phone calls and emails. Um, I've got to do a trades talk. I'll be on a panel for them to talk about women in construction. Um, I tend to just float and do projects now where I want to go. I mean, I'm building superstructures, but see what happens next. I've been invited to Chelsea next year to go and do the show gardens at Chelsea. Oh, because you just did one, didn't you? Yeah, the yeah. OHS. Yeah. yeah, that was really good. Whose garden was that? We did Jamie Butterworth's for um, the Wedgwood Garden. So we, we made our OHS history. Be in the only show garden ever to win all four awards. Did you? Yeah. Wow, congratulations. So that was really shocking. Thank that's you. a massive achievement. Uh, yeah, that's really good. And uh, what? so what else more personally? What sort of... Who would you like to contact you and just offer you what sort of dream job or role? I think I'll always be on the trial because I love 
bricklaying too much to be able to come off the trial. But somebody to turn around and go, right, we, we can talk to you about funding to open your enterprise. The, the clothing range I can pretty much fund on my own with my job. But with the enterprise, I'd love an organisation to talk to me about it so we can set it up and get you involved as well if it's close to home. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm there with you. I'd happily be involved. Go then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Katie, and where's the best place for people to find you? Um, On my LinkedIn or my Instagram, which is at the Female Factory LC. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for travelling all the way to London to see me. And um, yeah, it's been amazing. You are so inspirational. Thank you. As you are too. Thank you.